Wahoo! This is where the magic happens. I'm Angela. I'm a psychic and an empath and an indigo child, a master of the unknown, I was told by Frank the Bone. Oh, this is a new wrinkle. Yeah, master of the unknown. Master of the unknown. So I'm not just a master of loving, a master 11 slash 33. I'm also a master of the unknown. just reminds me of only three others share this secret. (laughs) Our friend Orko the Sorceress and Man in Arms. And together they are the masters (laughs) of the unknown. Wow. Like that's uh, some He-Man. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised you remember that i remember that but i do not remember anything of real importance in my no, life me neither. I, I mean I, I do remember my social security number but that's about it i need some new drugs or something i can't remember my mom's birthday Ooh. But i can remember that he-man Ooh, bullshit that's no good um oh, I, I know it's oh, oh it already passed frank also told me i'm fourth generation psychic and fourth generation. Fourth generation. Okay, so he told we me, have to remind people who Frank is. Oh, Frank the bone thrower. <laughs> <laughs> Some would call him a bone reader. I prefer bone thrower. Uh, all bones are ethically sourced. I asked him before I let him read me because bone, bone, bone. I can't be having anybody, murder. If anybody listens future. to Bone Thugs and Harmony, I, ho- I hope they're also <laughs> hearing some of that. It's the first of the month. Okay. <laughs> so you prefer bone thrower, ethically sourced mm-hmm. bones. Yeah. And Paul's. He's got a raccoon paw. Uh, he had, this was, this was real fucking trippy. So um, we're talking, bones isn't slang for runes. No bones. Or real dice. Real bones. Real bones. Or like when, like, hey, yo, let's throw some I, bones. That's like I some I almost shit. invited Frank to be a guest, but oh, that man is loquacious. We would not have gotten a word in edgewise. And I know because I hung out with him for like two hours. <laughs> and I, oh, he's just And you know how much, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can talk and not a lot around Frank the Bone Thrower. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he's really something special, but he told me how he got into it and that was real fucking creepy. As a, uh, animal activist enthusiast who thought I wanted to do taxidermy and realized I probably could never do it. Um, I'm listening to him tell me about his ethically sourced bones. He found a, one of the cats he fed in the neighborhood just showed up dead and it was like all dried out and it was like easy to extract its skeleton. I definitely wouldn't be able to do that, especially, especially an animal that like is so close to my heart. I mean, probably with no animal, honestly. Um, but he, I asked him, I was like, well, where do you get all these bones? People send them to him. He's got teeth, a deer tooth. He told me some shit about us that I have to touch on, which was crazy. Um, it's like a warning and it's all on me. So it was very interesting. This is intriguing. I recorded the whole thing because I was so, he saw a lot of stuff though for me. He saw some secrets that I didn't expect Frank the Bone Thrower to see. He told me, um, he kept praising my mom and what a good person she was and how I got my trustworthiness from her. But then almost in the same breath, he's like, you got to stop lying to people. And I was like, what? And, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you got to stop lying to people. He goes in your readings. He, he goes, I can tell you tell them you, you withhold information. And I was like, Oh shit. And also like the lying from absentia mm, or, or I don't mm, think that's a phrase, mm, but like, but mm, like withholding information yes, is also that's, lying. That's what he said. And, um, there are times I never lie in a reading, never. And, um, I don't know, like I've told people shit and it's upset them. I have a friend, the first time I met her partner, she asked me and we weren't great friends, but she asked me, she was like, what was your first impression? I was like, he's not good for you. And I was like, oh shit, I shouldn't have told her that. This was years ago. They're still together now. They're engaged. But the thing is, 
she told me later he had cheated on her at that point. And that was upsetting because that's a hard thing to work out for two people. Maybe at the time it was bad, but I just like one, she wants kids. He doesn't, I did not see this being the best match for her. And it's kind of like when Sarah saw me with a soulmate and then said somebody better is coming down the pike. Like it's hard because also Doreen told me this. she described this guy who is probably, he showed me he's in California. This was a long time ago, but she told me if you leave your partner, your husband, this is who you end up with. And she told me we'd most likely have like a, a, a ceremony instead of a wedding. Cause he's not big on that. She said, um, she described him. She said he was hilarious, California, like really great person for me, but it's just like a different path. And I think for her, I saw the different path. So it's hard to tell people that because sometimes they're not going to take action. She didn't take action. I, I don't regret telling her the truth because I told the truth. I was asked. I didn't withhold information. But when I read people and they're sad, I mean, oh God, I read this woman a long time ago and she was just a mess. And she was saying, just please tell me, just please tell me I'm going to have another girlfriend someday. And I was like, of course you will. Of course you will. And then she's like, will she be hotter than Diana? Will she be hotter than Diana? And I'm like, oh my God, this is, and I, and I was like, this is not someone who wants real psychic feedback. This is someone who wants somebody to hold their hands, how it's going to be okay. So sometimes I've had those people, which that was definitely one of them. But um, yeah, so Frank called me out and he's like, you have to tell people everything, even the stuff they don't want to hear. What do you see? Oh, it's just someone coming in. Oh, good. Uh, it's, it's, it's my roommate, Peter. But I didn't, rec- my roommate, Peter, just came in. But the blinds are slightly open, and I so I could see a person outside, and it looked like someone in, like, a workman's uniform because he was clearly just on the mountain in, like, his safari gear protecting himself from the sun. Yeah, good for so you, I'm like, I'm like, who's trying to get into my apartment right now? Because <laughs> it happened last episode. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. Where, like, the doorbell rang. But, um... Okay, uh, so anyway, so, so, sun protection is very yeah. important. My new list for my new man. But make sure you wash it off when you're done. Oh, you got to wash off. It's not great um, for your skin. The the one of the things that um I want in a man is someone who flosses, wears sunscreen <laughs> and goes to the doctor regularly. You're not asking for a lot. No, thank you. Um but the idea of <laughs> real defensive. John Ham, do you do these things? You know he does. Um you so know he does. You've got a situation where it's like, you know, withholding information um, that you think people might not want to hear. I the la- I told you about like the one of the worst readings I've ever had, the palm reading I had right before I saw Sarah. Oh, yeah. And this guy was telling me to go get a very specific like medical chewer. test. Mm, that's um, he was telling me to get a very specific medical test. And obviously I did not do it because of the other information that he was so wrong about it seemingly yeah about how i should be an agent well and sarah would have told you right so um the that's for virgos that's for capricorns yeah so that's for the earths when it comes to and clearly i didn't want to hear information like i need to go see a doctor and ask for a very specific test like this is frightening yeah but you know, if the if the reading would have been like really right on, I would have been really grateful to get that kind of information. And I think when someone goes to see a psychic, for the most part, um, they're not just there for. Although, uh, you know, a lot of people go for fun. Yeah. I bet just to check it out. Yeah. But when you're in a place like the Crooked Path, um, where it's like you know this is a real witch. Yeah, that's some heavy-handed the, shit. Yeah. In there. yeah. I mean, you like the normal person would walk in and be like, oh, this. This ain't your this ain't your mama's psychic reading. Yeah. Like, or like this isn't neon sign on Hollywood Boulevard no, bullshit. No. So 
yeah, it is interesting to think about really, although I think it's probably just like anything else. I was writing about this the other day because when it comes to, because you see the joke a lot about like some guy had posted a meme on the internet about delivering a package mm-hmm. to a Oh, I saw psychic. it. Yeah, oh. I thought that was really funny. And they're like, who, who is, is it? it? And it's like, <laughs> shouldn't you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm, I've made similar jokes <sighs> about a psychic wanting me to pay her $1,500 to like remove past uh-huh. life troubles yes. that have been following that me. And I was bullshit. like, you should know I don't have that money. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> in every other world, in every other profession, perfection's not expected, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it is inherently acknowledging the power of someone who is psychic by even making these jokes in the first place. Yeah. By even making this joke, like, aren't you supposed to know yeah. uh, who it is at the door? You got to be able That's to... That's that person yeah. subconsciously hey, acknowledging that this shit is real. Yeah. Hey, motherfucker, you got to send that information too. We only have what you're giving us to work with. And that joke wouldn't be funny if the person saying it didn't believe that it's somewhat possible mm-hmm. and or acknowledging that the world itself understands yes. that this is a thing that is possible. And in baseball, which I love and thank God baseball season is back. <laughs> I have meaning in my life again, but um, I'm not going to bore people with baseball. Thank talk. You, Ryan. But the greatest hitters of all time hit 300 percent, basically, or 300 is like it's point. It's like 30 percent. If you can get a hit 30 percent, three out of 10 times, if you get a hit, you're considered one of the best players in baseball. So if you were to ascribe that to a psychic, three out of 10 people come in and you nail them in the world and everything else almost in the world, you're not held to the to the standard of perfection. But when it comes to being a psychic, for some reason, the world expects them to be psychic 24 hours a day, <sighs> all you. day long. And it's like, well, no, they're a person. Yeah. I had a really great Reiki healer in New York. It changed my life. That was amazing. That was such, that, that experience, that was the best time of my life. After 9-11, they gave everybody free therapy, free Reiki healing, um, free acupuncture. And there was some other stuff, but those were the three things I took advantage of. And this guy, Michael, he was incredible. The first time I ever had an orgasm on top was the first day I had Reiki. And he put, I mean, I don't know, ladies, if you're trying for something, I recommend Reiki. Um, but he put these little, he, he did acupuncture in my ears and then he put tiny magnets, uh, stuck them on the back of my ears. And I had a slight magnetic current running through my brain for a week. And after a week, you have to take them off or else you'll start getting a headache. Um, but it was amazing. It was such good Reiki healing. And I went to, I would always go to him in the morning. And one time I couldn't go in the morning, I went at night and I didn't feel anything. And I mean, when I get Reiki, I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody else. Uh, when I'm sitting up and they do it and you know, they, they like do that little thing where they're churning their hands over your body. Um, he's churning his hands and I had my eyes shut and I was meditating. I had needles sticking out of my ears. My hands always rise like there are strings attached to my thumbs and it's my thumbs first go up in the air and I don't realize it they'll be like inches in front of my body and I don't know they're there unless I open my eyes it's fucking weird and so Michael would always churn my energy and there would go my thumbs and the night I saw him he was he's he'd been doing it all day he'd been doing it to these all these people it was like a great big um hospital room of us that night it it was weird the the funding for this thing I don't even know where it came from but but it was great you know Reiki therapy whatever um but I see him going around and doing it to people 
and I could see how tired he was. And then by the time he came to me, I felt nothing. And I mean, I always felt him take, take and put back like, but there was nothing. And it's the same thing with psychics. Like this is why you got to have a good diet. This is why you shouldn't eat meat or drink a bunch of liquor. Like I think even Sarah, you know, she, she likes to have a glass of wine every once in a while, but she cannot do it close to reading people. She said it totally fogs her up. Um, yeah, but I, I also think a good psychic, if like you're reading that shitty reading, he should have refunded you. A good psychic will say, and a good psychic knows when they're getting information, when they're not getting information. Um, my uh, friend Kat in Casadega, I sent my aunt to her to try to get in touch with my cousin who passed away the last year. And Kat told her, he's just not, he's just not here yet, or he's not coming back. He's somewhere else. He, he's nowhere near us right now. But, um, Kat told her, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't get anything. So I can give you a psychic reading or like give you your money back. But she always does that. She tells people up front who want something special. If I can't, I'll just refund you. She doesn't fake it. You know, a real psychic, they know, or they give you a refund and that cleansing shit curses and auras the person who cleanses and heals you is you I mean a shaman can tell you how to do it but like a, a psychic can't actually fix that you know that's a, I get so mad about this stuff but it's hard it's hard to find somebody good who you can trust um, yeah and I mean I think some of these people who claim to be able to do that, maybe they're also like taking you along for the ride and, and yeah. cleaning you or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, Here, I'm going to help you take a bath, but guess what? You got to get in the tub, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, it is interesting because being able to understand when you are better tapped into things. I mean, I had an experience very recently where I thought I was so fucking tapped in <gasps> that it affected like decisions I was making in my life. Cause I'm like, I am following oh, the yeah. messages of the universe. Yes. Um, you, so this was very recently. You left me a voicemail to to mark the occasion. And I never like And you were like, voicemails. I'm leaving this voicemail as proof. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> and I was walking to a diner and I'm like, what the fuck happened to Ryan? Yeah. Like, what is <laughs> I'm this? I'm leaving this as proof. <laughs> um, this was, um, your mom was in town. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, and it was a very like emotional, uh, you know, yeah. it was, that Saturday was very emotional. We'll tell people about that later. Um, we, we got down and dirty with some stuff. And the next morning, afternoon, uh, I was supposed to see my buddy Jim Perry, who was mm-hmm. in town. And Jim is amazing. He's got this great show called Euphemet, which is, they're just now, season two might be coming out soon. I mean, I know he's he's recording it now. He's like the uh, This American Life of the Paranormal. I was supposed to be on the show, and he and I couldn't get the date. And I ended up taking your spot, actually. Oh, that's nice. Um, and we were at I the- I didn't uh, know how that worked out. <laughs> we were at the uh, Psychic Guy bookstore, uh, looking at swords and oh, things cool. like that. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. So anyway, what happens is- I've got these five dice, and they're Yahtzee dice, and it, I love Yahtzee. Who doesn't? And, you know, all like, the old people love yeah, it. Yeah, all the old people. <laughs> None love of Yahtzee. the young people love and, it. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty appropriate, <laughs> considering um, you know my disconnect to young people. The mm-hmm. um, which isn't true. I'm very connected to the millennials. Yeah, um, you are. So, uh, so what happens is I've been rolling these Yahtzee dice as a, I don't want to say a divination tool, but a spontaneity tool Mm -hmm. for the universe to give me messages for probably 10 years where I will roll the dice. And if I get a one roll Yahtzee, meaning if all five dice are the same number, if I can get that on one roll, 
that means I have to do the first thing that's ever, the first thing that pops into my head. I don't know if I told you this. I knew a cancer who owned a bookstore in Salt Lake City. This guy, he always has dice in his pocket. He makes, he when he looks at the menu, he rolls the dice. He never doesn't consult his dice. It's crazy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, cancer. I have like tried to not become that guy mm, yeah. because I don't, I, I can't rely on the dice for everything. I have to just kind of, you know, Yeah. so the way I was doing it was, and sometimes I would roll them up to 15 times a day, different wow. points of the day. Right. But like, if I got a one roll Yahtzee, I have to do the first thing that pops into my mind. And I remember very like in the first couple of years, you know, I've rolled them over thousands, who knows how many times Yeah. over 10 years. And I remember one time I got four, I think it was four fives and a six. And I thought it was a one roll Yahtzee. And the Your first thing that right. popped in my mind was face tattoo. And, I was like, <laughs> and then I noticed that it wasn't a, and I was like, oh, okay, good. Because I have to do. No, right? The rule is no, I have to do whatever. No. But that wasn't a Yahtzee. But I have to, this is the deal I've made with the dice oh my God. in the universe. I will do the first thing. And I've only rolled one one roll Yahtzee, and it was years ago. And the first thing that popped in my mind was Big Bear. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Go to Big Bear. That's so, way better than a face tattoo. So I ended up going to Big Bear very soon after that. Mm. And that's when I kind of first fell in love with the mountains and the idea of having a mountain home, right? So flash forward to, I guess, what, two weekends ago? Mm-hmm. And... I see the dice on my bookshelf, and I'm like, I haven't rolled the dice in a while. Uh-oh. I gotta roll these dice, <laughs> dude. Like What's up? Pendulum. I've been like, I've <laughs> yeah. been like, earmuff in the universe. <laughs> so what I do is I pick them up, and I remember something. I remember like uh, playing Yahtzee, right, with uh, with someone, and then I was like, you know what? I have never used these as a divination tool. I've only used them as like a spontaneity tool. I'm going to use them as a divination tool this yeah. time. Yeah. I'm going to roll these dice after I have a question in mind for the first time ever. And so people listening probably understand where this is headed. Mm-hmm. So I have a very specific question about what I'm supposed to do about something. I roll the dice onto my bed where there's like microphones and some other stuff just hanging out. And I almost don't even look at the dice as I throw them because... I never, I've gotten one Yahtzee on the first roll in 10 years. So I don't even, because it's not going to be yeah. a Yahtzee, right? And then out of the corner of my eye, I notice similarities. I look over, it's five sixes. I almost Crazy. fall down onto my knees in my room because I can't believe what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just keep looking at it. I take photos of it. Even though I could have, you know, obviously, like, in the moment, I'm like, I got to take a photo of this. You, you leave like, voice messages. Yeah, yeah. I leave voicemails <laughs> to you. In the moment, like, clearly, I could have just put the dice there as sixes and been like, look what just happened. Like, yeah. in the moment, it didn't even occur to me that you can just no, make the dice look like that. No, but that photo's for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm like, holy shit. This is the first time I've ever had an intention using it as a divination tool. And then I'm like... Okay, if the universe is like, and, and so this is me being a little cocky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, the universe is screaming at me right now. So specifically, I've got three different decks. I'm going to pull one card from each deck. I pull a card from the uh, Nostradamus, Lost Tarot of Nostradamus deck. I pull a card from the Angel card deck. Ooh. I pull a card from this Gypsy deck, which I don't even know. There's no translation. No, I have, a, I have a Gypsy there's deck. There's no yeah. nothing. I have no idea what any of these fucking cards uh-huh. are, right? 
I pull three cards, and um, they all reinforce in some way. And of course, I'm I, obviously I'm very specifically and looking for meaning now. Yeah. Um, so, whatever card that could have pulled probably could have been, I could have managed to fit into this narrative. But anyway, they were they were like, oh, this is oh, this is clear, this is clear, mm-hmm. oh, this is clear. So, I enact a series of events. Over very the next brave, few days. very brave event. And so then, and I am like, as sure as a person can be about mm-hmm. outcome. And so, and I'm just like, this is crazy. I, I've like, I've cracked open an understanding about myself mm-hmm. in a very specific that way. That is your lesson. Right. That's what and you so, got. So the outcome is what the universe was screaming at me to do. The outcome is in fact the complete opposite of what I expected. Yeah. And but now you are. So this isn't just like this is like a cosmic disappointment that ha- I'm not real familiar with at this point, right? Yeah. To where like the universe wanted me to do something, and now <coughs> the universe is not complying with the instructions, right? Mm-hmm. And so I am like, I'm like almost more confused than I am disappointed or mm-hmm. upset. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Like I feel dizzy almost, and then I realize. Oh, this this probably twofold. It's that whole ego check about being cocky. Oh, like you think you know how to specifically interpret the language of the universe yeah. and the messages we're giving you, like instantly and right away. Well, here you go, motherfucker. Yeah. Here's a little ego check for you to think that you are the translator of all translators. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is you don't understand the thing that you really need it. No. No, and so no. we're giving you that whether you realize it or not, and you're not going to realize it until later. Well, and Ryan, without revealing anything, when we talked about this weeks ago, maybe months ago, and then... The question t- is whether I should be eating ice cream again. <laughs> milkshake, <laughs> yeah, milkshake, yeah, yeah. milkshake. Anyway, but so, we t- yeah. Yeah, when we talked about it, you had a very different... You, you saw like a tiny bit of what was happening, and then when Renee was over here, we were hanging out after we recorded, I heard you saying things and your scope, you had like the big picture now. And I think this, this evolution and the lesson that you learned, you take to something else that is the fit. You know what I mean? It, it was, For sure. And I mean, I'm super impressed with you, there, especially the how quickly you came to this and then uh, jumped in to this. Like, it, I'm super impressed, honestly. Well, it, it involves like, you know, it obviously involves another person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think anybody listening is, you know, there's only so many, like the veil is only so thin <laughs> on something like this. And when it comes to like truly understanding like your own limitations and your own failings yeah. that, you've, that you've experienced in the past and that you've been very, um, you have to take ownership for that. Yeah. And like for me, like taking ownership of like my utter failings in this p- specific area was difficult to really wrap my brain around. Yeah. And then, you know, because no one wants to just admit that they that they failed. Yeah. Another person and themselves. And so like me accepting that was difficult, you know, because we want to like, you know, we're trying to maintain this sense of like sturdiness mm-hmm. in our lives. And so and but it the liberation of it and, and whether it's a movie or whether it's you know a classic tale or story of a book i think it's very easy for us to be on the outside looking in and be like oh if this person could just admit something yeah like there's going to be redemption yeah and things are going to be so much better but the person inside the story fights that mm-hmm. and you know struggles against it 
And then when it finally happens, it's almost like the floodgates have been opened and yeah. the rebuild begins. And uh, in, on the outside, you're looking and you're like, oh, if you would have just done that a while ago. You know, yeah. in my case, it's like, if you would have just done that 30 years ago or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I would only though. been 12. I, I don't expect a 12-year-old to make that decision. But Well, and that's the other thing. We can't ever blame timing because everything is happening when it's supposed to. Like you have guides, they led you to that Yahtzee when they led you to that. They led you to a, a new tool when they led you to it for a reason. And, and there's a reason that I felt so zapped up about it. Yeah. Which is a phrase I've never used before. Zapped but, uh, up. <laughs> I was all zapped up. <laughs> because of the events of Saturday <laughs> involving your mom mm-hmm. and you and like we were basically we were, we were digging into a lot of like paranormal history and emotional yeah. stuff. Um, you know, there, I was very in touch with... Um, listening that weekend, you know, like my intent that weekend was, you know, it was very purposeful to be, okay, be listening, yeah, be aware, you know, and so, and that carried over into the next day. And I'm like, so when I pick up those dice, I'm like, I am in a heightened state of listening. Oh yeah. And so when that happened the, for the second time in over a decade, but the first time where I've ever asked a specific question and wanted an answer, I was like, holy shit, this yeah. is magical. Yeah. And it really truly was and remains it is, that yeah. level of magical still. And I don't know what the future holds. Um, I do know that I thought my current future or my current present was going to be much different than it is now, considering the, the events that led up to where I am. Yeah. But I have no idea what, by the time this comes out, who knows where I am or what I'm doing or, you know, things like that. But the the idea of like throwing these dice is something that I haven't truly, I haven't even thought about it. Like as far as, oh, am I now going to be using them as a divination tool yeah. as opposed to a spontaneity tool as I was. But as you're, I listening. you're listening. You're listening. Yeah, and and so, yeah. a lot of people aren't tuned in at all even when i've seen you pull cards you're real you are that like spot on intuitive with card pulling you know and the good thing is you have the channel open and you're going to be led to the stuff when you're supposed to be led to it and you just did something really hard and and very brave i mean that that leads to something good maybe not in the moment but it it leads to something better and also i think i have to be very aware of like I don't want to say extremities, <laughs> but like, I don't think that's the right word. The extremes. Ooh. <laughs> like, you know, six years ago, I'd be rolling dice being like, oh, I'm, do they work as a divination tool now? Okay. Uh-huh. Should I go to Vegas? I don't know if I told you this. One of our listeners tagged me in um, this Etsy post on Instagram for a pendulum wheel that is basically uh, kind of like a Ouija board for one, but not going to let bad spirits into my body or home. Um, it has all the the signs of the Zodiac. It has um, like lots of like super mega answers on it. I can't remember what else. It's just, it's not just yes or no. It's also like a fortunes wheel. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought it. I can't wait. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm super excited about it. Um, I wanted to tell, I want to tell you more about Frank. Um, this, this shit, th- I, I, I kind of want to be a bone thrower. I think I, cause when he came in and he, he set the stuff down on the table cause he, I was in there reading and then he came in to relieve me. 
I felt the weight of that stuff that he was carrying. It is potent, um, but it was crazy. It's not just bones. Um, Brandy and I keep calling them crow treasures because we went to like this this <laughs> fabric store. Brandy and I had a real big adventure. We went down to the, the garment district downtown and Brandy bought us shiny uh, leopard print fabric, blue leopard print and pink leopard print. And I'm going to make us matching cat suits that we'll probably wear at my birthday party. Because, well, unless something big comes before then. But I don't know what we're going to celebrate where we need to be matching outfits. But while we were down there, we went into this store because I'm still cultivating my big crow bounty. And this is so gross. I keep picking up stuff off the ground because the crows will love it. And it's been weird. And I absolutely believe that these, th sometimes I'll see something. I'm like, no, that's just straight trash. I'm not picking that up. But most of the time I'm like, that's a crow trinket that I have so much crow stuff. And this right is now. for the land, right? Yeah. Before I leave, before I go overseas, I got um, a weird thing to burn that Sarah gave to me. And I got to climb, got to climb way up on my hill, which is not easy. And I'm going to set up a little altar up there, which will freak the fuck out of any trespassers. Um, I'm going to burn some pentagrams into the ground. No, probably not. That's dangerous. Um, but I'm going to set up a crow altar. And uh, I got some big wishes that I'm just going to leave and trust in June and July that the guy shows up, the home shows up. Like, I'm just giving it to the crows and giving it to the universe. But it's been a very interesting cultivation of what I need for this. Um but where was I? Oh, so we go into this. It's like a weird little craft party store. And Brandy's picking up these tiny hats that have jewels on them. And she's like, these are crow hats. And <laughs> and at the time, I was waiting for a big payment to come through. And I just wanted to buy all this dumb shit. And I'm like, I can't. This is stupid. I want to buy all these crow hats. I want to buy all these shiny things. But so now we keep calling shiny trinkets crow crow things. And um, so, yeah, I hit crow treasures. So Frank has a bag full of bones and crow treasures. And um, when he came in, he's like, oh, there's that ring. There's my rabbit bone. They were on the floor from when he'd been reading the day before. And uh, I start asking him about it because I've never seen a bone thrower. And he's telling me how people send him stuff, these teeth, these bones, and they're all ethically uh, sourced and um, from like found animals. So he's like, let me just give you a reading. Let's just give you a reading. He closes the door. We switch sides. Uh, this was very interesting. So the only people I asked about were you and Brandy. And so he gives me these little seashells and he's like, um, that one's Brian, Ryan, that one's Brandy blow on them three times, visualize them and put them in the, the basket and the basket's full of the bones and the trinkets. And so I did. And then I asked him, um, where I should live. And I did, uh, Los Feliz, the Hills, which turned out to be too vague. I just meant an elevated, oh, I don't know what the fuck I was doing with that one. Um, Echo Park or Silver Silver Lake or Eagle Rock. And this was crazy. So I, I had to blow in each one and picture the place and throw them in there. Blow three times, throw them in there. Um, and he's writing down what what is what, just in case we forget. Um, then I blow on the basket of bones three times and he tosses it onto this mat. And holy shit, there was a reptile paw, like this gross, tiny little claw. I don't know what, it was like a lizard foot or something. And when he was showing me all this stuff before he read me, there was a relationship ring or something that it had gotten stuck in and he pulled him apart and he threw him back in there. It had restuck itself. And he had just told me about the person he read 
last time, the last person he read, the darkness in this person. And he's like, holy shit, girl, you're dark like little black Edgar. And I was like, what? And he goes, I told you about Edgar. His soul is black. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and and he's like, he's like, and that's what he's telling me how good I'd be at dark magic and blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to live in the light. Thanks. But um, he was telling me um, that I have to... Uh, <laughs> I can't lie anymore in readings. He told me there's a market for what I do. I send everybody away feeling good and optimistic. He said I can do that and tell them everything I see. And I, I'm doing it. He's right. He told me I need to get a spiritual path because I'm just I'm just like flopping around. I mean, I'm not I'm not diligent in my growth. I just keep trusting everybody to just give it to me. But he's right. And that's why I'm going to do some new altars. He told me my ancestors are pissed because I, I know I have a lot of them with me and this sounds really fucked up to hear myself say it out loud, but like, I just haven't respected them. Like I do my spirit guides. I only ever talk to my spirit guides and my ancestors know things too. And well, I, well, to be fair, you have a complicated relationship with your family. Uncle Den Yeah. Thank you. And I have uncle Denny who's, you know, fucked up some of my other shit before. I mean, I think everybody has a complicated relationship yes. with family, but uh, also at Thank the same you. time, yours yeah. is, yeah. I There's would argue that yours is definitely more complicated than my relationship with my family. Thank you. Yeah. And that's something he was telling me about my mom's dad, about my mom's mom. He and my my mom's dad and I do have a very strange connection, um, especially like uh, the things he's seen, the things I've seen. Um, we had a very deep love for each other, too. But yeah, there he's got a lot of darkness to him as well. Um but so this was crazy. He he's he had a, a porcupine quill and he's just like sifting through all the bones and the little treasures. I took a picture of it. I'll, I'll post it on Instagram when this comes out. Um, if I forget anybody, please feel free to remind us. Um, he he's looking down. He's quiet. And I, I, I like I just re-listened to the recording because I I want to remember it as it happened and not the way I want to remember it. And um, he goes, Brandy lives in Eagle Rock. And I was like, yeah. And he said, um, Eagle Rock is a special place and, and I should definitely consider there. He told me I have ancestral ties to Los Feliz. And I say this because in my past life, I was born in California. Um, but then I had like this mega desire for New York City. I was a child. I'd never been to New York City and I was telling people I was going to live there someday. Um and I knew because it was I just came in like I didn't even take a time out between my lifetimes. Um but I always, and I said this to Brandy when I came back to California this time, I was like, California always feels like home. It's really strange because it's not. I've I've lived here a total before this. I've only ever lived here seven months at a time. And suddenly I had to leave both times. And this time I just hit my seven month mark and pff, I'm staying forever now. But um, he was telling me the Los Feliz ties would be interesting because uh, they'd be very hard and a lot of stuff would come up if I live in Los Feliz. Um and at first he was like, you got to live there. This is great. This is great. And by the end, he's like, mm, I think it's going to bring out some darkness. Don't live in those fleas. And I'm like, too late. I can't wait to see what happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be where I find the best place. But um, he told me, he said, th uh, this was really strange with you. He said um, that I, I and, and I'm like, well, we haven't had anything like that. And he's like, it's something to keep an eye out for. He said that down the road, I will be too gentle with you. There was a deer tooth and he said, I'm biting up and that's how deer bite gently. Biting down is how deer bite hard, but it was the, the tooth from the bottom jaw of a deer. And he said, um, 
you're going to let him get his way. And I think, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, we'll find out. But he I said, like the way this is going. <laughs> I get to but get goes, my way. <laughs> he goes, he goes, and it's going to trigger you and remind you of your ex-husband. Oh, that's not Yeah. Good. And I was like, well, because you have a Sag moon and he's a Sag. But I, and, and I don't know. I think also this is one of my, my relationship works is that I have to stop being so going so easy on men like I'm always and well this, I do have an idea about changing the name of our podcast to <laughs> Ryan's Ryan, podcast Ryan. <laughs> God you don't damn have it. a problem with that do I'll you? bite you Ryan <laughs> I will bite you <laughs> I thought it was really interesting it is interesting and um and I was telling Brandy about it I was like this is something because it wasn't like Ryan's going to take advantage of you it was I have to pay attention to like still putting in what I think and not letting you get your way with something so we'll see what that is can't wait to find out it's probably when we become super successful with the podcast and you're like no let's tour europe the limousine needs to be purple not pink (laughs) you know these are good fights to have i'm okay with this he also saw this was really crazy um oh this was so crazy he saw the last guy dated and saw that he's in the industry it was bizarre. And he told me about that relationship and that relationship will never die, which is lovely. I'm fine with that. Um, I love it. sounds great. I mean, I think too, um, cause over here I'm thinking like, Oh wow. Like, you know, it might be even a little, it might make me even a little bit nervous to see Frank. And I think oh, that's like the sign yeah. of like, you should go like, that's a good psychic. Like when he, they're like, God, they're going to know everything about Ryan. Me. He does. He told me, well, I got to watch my mouth. I say a lot of dumb shit. And he said, you can hurt people cause you, you let stuff fly. And that's true. Um, and it's Sagittarius too. I mean, we all fucking talk like idiots and and way too quickly. <laughs> that's just that's like that's like the the worst thing. I mean, about that was Sagittarius. like a perfect example of like verbal onomatopoeia, or like <laughs> you know, like like things you say can hurt people. I mean, it's it's we're all fucking Sagittarius. We're idiots and. <laughs> Yeah, like, sorry, other Sagittarius. <laughs> like so, but they know. That's like a perfect know. example of maybe I, what we're talking about. I feel like my theme song, my ultimate theme song, sometimes is Big Mouth Strikes Again by the Smiths. Like, I just feel like I'm always saying something stupid and repenting for it. Or, you know, telling somebody, I meant this, but I thought this and it came out like this. So um, I, I've gotten a lot better. I mean, that's life. You are supposed to be improving. Um, but he kept telling me. It's so funny because he'd say, my God, woman, you like that rabbit sex. <laughs> and this is Rabbit or rabbit? Rabbit sex. And I guess there are a lot of rabbit bones. Oh, my God. I, okay. I have to say this before I forget. He tells me all about the next guy, the guy who's coming in. Mega soulmate, last life. or Not last life, but like constant. Um, oh, the next guy that's soulmates. coming into your life, not the guy yeah. who's coming in for a reading. No, no, okay, no. Yeah, yeah the next okay, guy yeah, coming into my life. Yeah, okay. um, and he tells me, he's like, he's got a rooster claw next to a whatever bone. He's going to stay hard forever. And I was like, oh I don't want Frank to know these things. Like, I don't want Frank to know. The- oh, this was my favorite part. And this is fucked up. That's my favorite. I should, my favorite part should be that he kept telling me how what a powerful psychic I am. And that he, he told me he was honored to read someone as psychic as me. He told me I don't trust my intuition. He told me I don't trust how psychic I am, which Sarah always tells me. Lessons that we, um, you know, have to just relearn and keep yeah. in mind. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a good theme. Yeah. Um, or a good way to understand themes in our lives. This was, I loved this. So, um, the new thing I'm doing, cause whoever this guy is coming in, John Ham, John Ham, whoever this guy is, it's supposedly going to like knock me on my ass. I'm going to be, uh, we have four points of contention and it's going to be a huge surprise when this person shows up. And, um, 
that that was what Frank said, and it, it all really lined up with what Sarah has said. Um, but I've been really trying to prepare myself because Sarah keeps saying, like, you got to get all your shit together. You got to get right with yourself for this person. And um, and that's what the cards have been telling me all along for for like uh, almost a year now is is I have to get I have to get right with myself and I have to stop selling myself short in ways which I believe I'm very confident and have marvelous self-esteem. But you can always do better. And that's where I am right now. So that morning before I went to work at the Crooked Path. I was getting ready and I was putting on my makeup and I looked in the mirror and I said, you can have any man you want. <laughs> and that was how I left. I left my reflection. I said that Frank is reading me and he says, you can have any man you want. And I was like, shit, I just said that to my reflection today. He goes, you know, it's true. You can have any man you want, whatever man you want, you can have him." And I was like, this is lovely. This is a lovely thing. I want us all to look in the mirror and say this shit to ourselves, whatever it is. I mean, I don't whatever specific thing that it is that someone wants yeah, in their life. Yeah. And whoever this guy is coming in, I will not be intimidated. I have to get right with that, not be intimidated. But um yeah, he he, uh, he told me to this guy um uh, like b- both he and Sarah have said like it's a very big personality. It's someone uh who uh, uh, really really is on top of his shit and, you know, things like that. But um he told me that he will be gentle and it's not something that will come off. He would not appear to be a gentle, tender person. Um, but that was really, and he told me, he's like, you're very gentle and tender too. And I was like, I am, but it was crazy. The stuff that he can see is, I, I mean, a lot of dark stuff, but also just like, Oh my God. I mean, I was so even like Brandy lives in Eagle Rock. That was so kind of creepy. Um, but then he tells me, you know, the places I should live and the places I shouldn't live. Um, I feel like there's something else I wanted to tell you, though. Well, it's interesting about the ancestral ties to Los Feliz yeah. as well. There, I've never, gosh, I've never even considered having like a a bone thrower give me a reading. Um, I really want you to see him. Oh, he's also, I don't, did Renee ever tell you that he reminds her of you in a parallel universe? I'm trying to remember. It's like a real wild, insane you though. It's like you (laughs) raised by, uh, grackles, (laughs) not even wolves, but like birds that shriek. Um, yeah, he, he, oh God, it was so weird. Oh, this was something that blew my mind. He told me, um, he said, I need to start saying to my ancestors, I need to do an ancestor altar and it needs to be, if I do it on a bookshelf, it needs to be above other altars, which, um, I'm not putting anybody above, um, Kate, but, <laughs> but I will give her her own space. Um, but he told me that, um, Quan Yin, I need to be working with Quan Yin and Quan Yin is the, uh, Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva. That's how you say it. Bodhisattva. And the Bodhisattva, I don't know if you remember this, when that guy I met at the party told me to go to the temple and that one altar super resonated with me, that was her. And then he's telling me I need to be working with her. So the two people that keep coming up for me over and over are Hakate and the Bodhisattva, which is, I mean, okay, message received, but I got to, he told me it's super important that I figure out my spiritual path and I set goals for myself as a psychic that seems like a very good piece of I advice so because too. like it's not something I've even really considered. So I think for people listening who are wondering what that even really means, I think it's if I'm 
from what I've been able to gather here from our discussion and, you know, just from other things, reading or whatever else, it's like finding a specific path that resonates with you and things that can hold your interest. Yeah. I think is important. Things you can identify with or that resonate with you as far as being able to like trigger your intuition or that sync up with your intuition yes. when it comes to um, certain items that you might be using mm-hmm. in connection with like magical ritual practice and things like that. So I think Hakate yeah. and Bodhisattva, those are like separate paths. Each one of them would be yes. a separate path that would have their own, you know, uh, I guess, characteristics and, you know, unique things that yeah. would go along with. And they resonate with me, both of them. I mean, what both of them stand for is like 100% me. And this, the, cause, you know, there are a lot of different faces to Hakate and there's a lot of darkness to her. And I think, you know, our darkness is our damage and our what we survived and what we've learned and, and it makes us strong. You know, it can make you dark. It can make you uh, kind of vile and hateful, but it can also, the other way, well, I guess it can be strong and vile and hateful, but, but if you just give into the strength part of it. So I love that she has this darkness. I love that she was like, yeah, I'm going to stay in the underworld too. Like, that's a, that's a, badass bitch i'm gonna put yeah i'm into this like it i also <laughs> like the idea of having like a magical guidance counselor like, yes. some, because i think so many of us i know i can speak to this when it comes to like the i mean ambiguity is a big part of my life and my existence mm-hmm. and whether it's ambiguity about you know career finances uh the space in which i live um, you know, what world am I more a part of? You know, it always, it wavers from time to time. You know, yeah. am I more comedy? Am I more paranormal? Or what, what's happening, right? And so, like, that space between is comfortable for me. I, I do, I am fascinated by wondering how long a human psyche, mine specifically, can operate at a high function in that liminal space in between Ooh. without cracking. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, I do, sometimes I feel like I'm fucking losing it. Yeah, oh yeah. But, um, I think having a, like a, a magical guidance counselor who's like, I want you to explore we this path. We all have those, yeah. Right? Yeah, and so, because I know for me, there's not one specific um, magical path that that I've leaned into that has deeply resonated with me at yeah, this point. Yeah, me not, me not either. There we go. I have, to, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. Can we pause it? Yeah, let's <laughs> And we're back. We took a uh, we took a TP break. <gasps> Or a pee break. We used to call them tea breaks. Pee break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think understanding and experimenting with exploring different modalities in in the world of... I mean, because I know for me, I'm drawn to crystals. Mm -hmm. I'm also drawn to nature. Yeah. So for me, I am more... um, I I don't want to use the wrong terminology, but it's almost more of a sympathetic magical path. Like you know, like the ancient sympathetic magic that is like, you know, nature based, if I'm not mistaken. And like being out there, like communing with a tree. Yeah. You know, like as far as, um, and it's probably also my Celtic heritage. Mm-hmm. heritage, Yeah. Heritage. Uh, but my Celtic heritage and like my connection to trees and I love trees and I love lizards. I think, oh God, I got to tell you about this fucking lizard. Remember how I told you that story about the lizard? In the park, and nobody else saw it, the giant lizard that jumped in the water. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So check this out. I take my mom to see the land, my magical land. Brandy goes with us. Um, We park my truck, like, right up at the bottom of the hill. 
they're getting out on the other side. They're both Brandy's in the back seat. I got a big truck. I have a back seat in my truck. Brandy's getting out of the back seat on the side of my mom. And they're talking. And I'm getting out. And a massive lizard this big. Like 18 inches long. Yeah, like 18 inches long comes running out from under the truck and runs almost right over my toes and disappears into somebody's yard. And the thing is, it wasn't there. I When I was driving up, there was no giant lizard there. They didn't even see it. And I mean, plain as day, again, I see a giant fucking lizard that I've never seen lizards. like. I'm sure there are lizards like this. Have you ever seen a lizard like this in California? Every Wild? once in a while, I... The first time I was like really startled Ooh. on a trail, and this was probably five years ago at least, I'm just walking down this trail in Brand Park in Glendale where I go, you know, the most. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, as I'm walking, it like comes from my left side as I'm headed down the trail and like runs through my legs as I'm walking. So Whoa. Like, you know, it goes sideways, you know, through yeah. And it was huge like to where i felt its body rub against my like, you know, upper ankle and it was like i just remember stopping and being See? like it's the black dragon king <laughs> I'm like, and i'm just yelling on the trail like the black dragon king See, and that almost makes more sense because you're in nature like in echo park even eagle rock i mean i guess it's nature but where my land is like it's all houses it's i mean, I mean it's it would strange. make sense that like any creatures would you know, gravitate toward the one undeveloped lot mm-hmm. or, you know, the yeah. side of a and hill. And there are a couple. But, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's an undeveloped side of a hill for sure. No, but, but yeah, there's like, no one else saw it was weird. It's rare to see a really large lizard. Yeah. I'd never seen big lizards in California before. Um, one time I was walking around the reservoir. This was like 2004, I think. And, um, I see this great big dog on the path and I'm like, Ooh, you're not allowed to have dogs up here. Somebody's going to get in trouble. And then I see the dog like ascend, like climb the hill and just disappear into the woods. And I was like, Oh, that was a fucking giant coyote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like middle of the day. <laughs> I'm going to be eaten by it. It's yeah. Some of these coyotes are like the size. I mean, they're like German shepherds. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was when I saw it. Um, yeah. But so I keep seeing this lizard and I don't know what it means. Well, I know lizards depending on, I've looked into lizards in the past, and it's, I'm a little rusty on them, but the uh, Native American traditions, in certain Native American tradition, traditions, they are a sign of rebirth. Oh. And like, you know, almost like a rejuvenation. Frank told me I don't have kids. Oh. Yeah, Frank was like, mm, you're still maybe going to do that. And I was like, oh. Because <laughs> lately I'm like, man, I don't want it. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but he well, said. Well, it's going to be hard not to have kids if this guy's always hard. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> if we have that rabbit sex, I mean, and I'm off the pill. Oh, shit. So Frank said, and here's something I absolutely 100% agree, but I think this is 100% of people who have kids. He said, I would lose myself and it, it I wouldn't have as much fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's everybody who ever had a kid. Like it beca- if you're a good parent, it becomes all about the kid and your fun Go, you trade in your fun for their fun, like yeah. And I think you have a you have a transference of, you know, the fun lost uh, is magnified probably into a a deepness of emotion, yeah. and gratitude felt in other in another area. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll also uh, to if get, I had to guess. Yes, yes, and I'm sure. I mean, everybody I know who had kids became 
way more empathetic, became just like more in touch. I remember one of my friends um, and she was always kind of selfish, but I, I love she's great. And, uh, and selfish isn't a bad word unless you have children or pets you need to take care of, unless you have somebody you have to take care of. Um, but she she was always pretty self-absorbed. One of those people, she was she's a dance, she's a very successful, very successful actor. And she was a dancer and she was um when she'd talk to me sometimes it'd just be the two of us hang out. She'd do dance poses and admire her reflection in the mirror. <laughs> and I'd just be like, You're beautiful. We know, you know. We get it. It's great. You can have any man you want. <laughs> but um she told me after she had a child, she remembered so many mean things she had said to other children growing up. And they were just like they were just dumb things that kids say, but they were just sounding off in her brain. Like she suddenly had all this remorse about people who probably hopefully don't even remember the things that she said. I just misused the word. Hopefully I'm sorry. I'm talking about atrocious grammar on Sabrina. I'll drop I, it on your, I mean, none of us are perfect Shit. Uh, Thank or you. should be held to a perfect Thank standard. You. So I have to, I have to that, I take my game up a notch though, if I'm going to marry this, whoever this mystery man is. Um, but so she, uh, yeah, she, she, she transformed. Are you, wait, are you marrying like a grammar robot? Like no. A, who is like it, it perfect Ryan, in language I and have style? To be perfect. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if it is John Hamm? You know what? I feel like he would, uh, whoever this guy is sounds really uptight. I don't think it's John Hamm anymore. Yeah, I'm I bet John open. Hamm like says ain't a lot. I'm into that though. That'd I be hot. Doing that. God, I, I feel like John Hamm does not have to floss wear sunscreen or any of those have nice feet. I'm sure he does. John He's Hamm. a person. He, he is. is a person. He is. He is. I, uh, I also, for the record, I don't know John Hamm. This is not going to be a loss if it's not John Ham. This is just fun to imagine because he's mega hot and now I'm off the pill so I want to have sex with oh my god you know what's funny that a was... few days a few days into going off the pill I was like oh I'm just all amped up and I would see hot men and I would want to fight them not fuck them fight them and I was like oh, okay this is weird <laughs> like I want to kick that well, hot man to death testosterone's coming <laughs> yeah, back it sure I can is. tell you that the, sure uh, is. <laughs> there's you know because there's men who go to bars and they they can't fuck so what do they end up doing they Getting end up kicked fighting to death they end up fighting <laughs> other men Ooh. um and i think a Ooh. lot of that too is like you know repressed you know it's like homophobic behavior because yep, yep. it's a repression of their oh, actual absolutely. feelings like oh if i can't fuck this man i'm gonna at least roll around on the ground with him yep and fight him yeah um there is uh, but getting back to like the the lizards and the the animals i think the idea of tapping into the magical surroundings of everything that we live inside of yeah. is you become more aware and listen to, and for me with the dice and with all these other things, there's also an element of the trickster, which is a, you know, the coyote or, you know, like this, the trickster has been in every, has been in every culture. And it's like all this ancient lore of the trickster and like can fuck with you. Yeah. Um, but there's also like a benevolent, there's also a very loving aspect of the trickster as well. But when you start looking into the trickster and like, as far as like confusion about like what I'm supposed to be doing and, and things like that, I think this plays in because we're looking into specifically when it comes to it ties into like what, you know, why your mom was here and, yeah. and why we spent Saturday together. Like there's potentially a, a large trickster element like spiritually or like a spirit or whatever the trickster is embodying, you know, yeah. in different forms. 
But once you, there are theories that once you start doing that, once you start investigating someone else's experience with a trickster even, that you now have invited the trickster into your own life. And now the trickster is now a part of what you're experiencing. So it's almost like you become of the, you become one with the thing that you are investigating. Right. And to me, I was having a conversation with Jim Perry on the phone yesterday and because he was telling me something very interesting about something he saw while we were talking to your mom. Um, that Wait. is a, he saw behind your mom. Oh, yeah. For yeah. people listening, Angela and her mom came over and we were discussing like all these like ancient or not ancient, but like old paranormal stories that their family have experienced mm-hmm. and things like that. And during this conversation, Jim saw something behind your mom. What did he see? He saw a young girl. And um, the point is, like, we're talking about, like, you know, these experiences. We're all tuned in. Mm -hmm. We're all very present in the moment for these things. The next day, my dice roll happened or happens with the three different cards reinforcing my decision ends up being something that wasn't what I thought it was. So mm-hmm. now I'm like thinking, was the trickster fucking with me? No, no. But like, but even if the trickster was fucking with me, there was a purpose for it. Yeah. You know, like to where like, you know, like this is going to be funny. Yeah. I'm going to like, I'm going to teach this person a lesson, but I'm also going to get a kick out of it. Ooh. Right. There's that part, which I can appreciate as a comedian. Yeah. You know, wanting to like, you know, I'll do certain jokes where I'm like, there's definitely a message in this joke, but I want to make the person laugh and then maybe later they'll think about it. Oh, man. So when it comes to like trying to understand all this shit that's going on around yeah. us, like it's a fool's game to think we're ever going to really have the answers. No, no, not not in these bodies. These bodies limit what we see and do. I mean, it, that's why we astral project. That's why we try, you know, try to do dream stuff. Like I really feel like we got blinders on with this this skin cage. That's somebody's handle on Hoover Left Us Night. Skin cage. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like skin cage. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, I. Uh, that's so interesting. I saw behind her um, a form crouched down. There was like I didn't know what it was though, but there was like a, a somebody crouched down behind her, and I didn't know who that was, but it, it, I couldn't tell what it who gender anything. And then um, I started seeing her aura and that was, it went from burnt orange to gold to yellow. So she like went through everything because she was trying to have her guard up in the beginning. And then, you know. To the best of my knowledge, and we've even had Sarah over here as well, there's no, No. there's no activity in this apartment. No, to the best of my knowledge. The only time anyone has ever thought that there was something in my room was we were actively engaged in the Ouija board at the time. And I had closed that off afterwards and everything. And I've never experienced anything in my room uh, as far as that goes, other than the teleportation of my bracelet. Yeah. But there's never, I've never been like, oh, there's an entity in And here. that's your stuff. Like, that's not the house. Or, exactly. You know, that's, that's you. So, like, to be seeing these things, mm-hmm. like, in those moments, to me is directly related, excuse me, directly related to what we were doing in the moment yeah. of, of that time. So did like, he say what, what the little girl looked like? No, he didn't. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember our conversation, but, uh, uh, I can't really remember, but I like, as far as details, it wasn't a girl that he had seen before. Um, it was very reminiscent to him of the first time he saw an apparition oh. where he was in this very haunted hotel in West Virginia with this guy, Greg Newkirk, uh, who like, 
him and his wife Dana run the traveling museum of the occult and the paranormal and haunted Ooh, objects I don't know and stuff. It. Yeah, and they're they're out of based out of Cincinnati. Anyway, they're they're two of the people that are in the little uh, the series Hellier, which oh, is a great I'm investigation about um, the Kentucky Goblins. But uh, Kentucky Goblins, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I mean it's it's really it's a it really great. It's great. one of the best, if not the best, paranormal series that's been made in my opinion. But the but what we talked about was, you know, the human nature of wanting answers, right? And wanting mm-hmm. to understand exactly specifically what something means. Like, what's this lizard mean that runs from yeah. underneath or that, you know, that ran into the water or whatever? I remember after I, the, the craziest lizard story I've got that's like not really paranormal, but it was <laughs> the day after I saw the movie It. Oh, shit. The remake uh, in the movie theater, which was. Which scared me. That movie's so fun. It was really fun. I was really and pissed that they scared, were remaking but, uh, it. And it's so good. In eighties instead it's of very 50s, good. And the clown's name, um, Pennywise. Pennywise. Right. So I go to the I go to Brand Park again to hike mm. and the day after I see that movie and I'm thinking about it. I'm still thinking oh, about yeah. it. And I'm walking down like the concrete street or the you know, the paved street that leads up behind this library up to the trail. And there's really nobody else out there. All of a sudden, a lizard, like, kind of walk, runs, scurries in front of me a few feet, and then he kind of stops. And the lizards do that every once in a while. And then there's, like, uh, to my left, there's the sidewalk, and there's one of those long sewers that has, like, that, uh, you know, it's almost like that clowns, bristle, evil cro- clowns the bristle cro- uh, comb, <laughs> you know, that, like, it's like yeah. a filter to try to keep ch- trash out clowns of the out, sewer. Yeah. So anyway, but there's like part. It's old, so there's parts of it that aren't there. So you can kind of see into like the four inch area <laughs> of the sewer, right? <laughs> but it's daytime, right? So it's not as creepy, but it's uh, still a little. The creepy. clown was taking Georgie in the daytime. But Ryan. listen, this is where it gets fucking crazy. God. So I kind of stop because the lizard stops out. in front of me, looks at me, and I'm like, "Well, it's gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go to the trail." I take another step. The lizard darts to my left towards the sidewalk where the sewer is. He runs into the sewer. But the moment he runs into the sewer, in the opening of the sewer, this is what I see. A squirrel head pops up, opens its mouth, and the lizard runs right into the squirrel's mouth. What the fuck? Closes its mouth and pops back down. This is what? the day after I watched it. And clearly this, that squirrel I have saw never, it too. Yeah, clearly. Because <laughs> I have never seen that happen before. I've never seen a squirrel eat a lizard, first of all, and I've never seen I let alone like you know that's what, are the what toxoplasmosis does to mice. They just walk into the mouths of cats. But oh, then, I didn't know then that. the cats get toxoplasmosis and it doesn't affect the cat, but then you get it and then you become the cat's slave. Oh, People yes. Need to look this yeah, up. yeah, I've heard of I'm that. I'm terrified of it. I don't have it, neither do my cats. Because I'm still your sex drive dies first. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, that is so yeah, insane. the um so like what are the chances that afternoon after Holy I see shit. It, I see a lizard run into the mouth they of a squirrel hiding in the it. fucking sewer? They reenacted the opening I, scene I, of I, it. I stop in the middle of this road, you know, in public where there's people around, and I'm just like, "Are you serious? <laughs> did you guys see I'm it? Like, did any that did not just happen? <laughs> Pennywise? <laughs> that lizard sacrificed itself for the reenactment, like a it was snuff film. Fucking crazy. That's insane. That would blow my but mind. But that lizard is living the high life. 
He's just got like this buffet of, or, or no, the, the squirrels squirrel, live yeah, in I'm the like, highlights. Yeah, like lizard didn't get a good deal <laughs> no, here. Lizard Ryan. Is not li- <laughs> and that's why lizards don't usually get very big out here because there's like so many things that are eating them. Oh but, my um, God. Um, I was going to tell you a story, a ghost story about a lizard. <laughs> my brother, have I ever told the story about the, the footage he has of What's ghosts? What's your brother's name? Adam. Adam. Yeah. So Adam has footage of ghosts at his house. And this was our house that we moved into. He bought it off my mom. Um, after our haunted house in Pennsylvania, the ghosts went with us to Florida, which like those are some committed ghosts. So this is in Florida. Yeah, this is in Florida. Adam, um, he and I, I believe this is our childhood trauma of growing up in such a haunted house. We, we were always awake at night. We both have had very big, I don't anymore. I am fine now, but um, when I go home or when I go to his place to visit, um, we kind of get back into this weird thing together where we stay up till the sun comes up and then we sleep when we feel safe. Cause the sun is real fucked up. But um, Adam will stay up very late working and then he'll sleep a lot of the day. And, um, he has he had like a plaque made some uh, to put outside his door if you're not expected do not knock like they, like he does not like people up on his property when he's sleeping so um also pop-ins that sucks you know we should all have a sign that says don't pop in on my house um but he's in bed it's like super early close to 7 a.m ish and he's probably just gone to bed two hours prior the doorbell rings and he has footage of this. He has cameras all around his house. There's on the on the camera. He wakes up and he hears the doorbell ringing. Later, he goes back to look because he's like, who the fuck was ringing my doorbell? I have a sign outside. And this is what he sees. The time that the doorbell rings right before it's rung, you see it might be a it might be a toad or a frog. I might be wrong about being a lizard, but there's a little reptile slash amphibian on the sidewalk next to the door. And it's just sitting there and it's calm. And all of a sudden it starts hopping away like something just approached and it runs into the grass. The doorbell rings. There's nobody there. So somebody unseen rings the doorbell. Then it looks like it looks like one of the ghosts from Haunted Mansion at Disney. It really does. A, a ghost man sticks his head not out the door, but between like above the door. So like. The space, it's a two-story house, so it's like the space between the stories. Sticks his head out, looks from side to side, clearly a face, clearly a ghost man face. Nobody's there, and it goes back in the house. So what we have here is a ghost punking a ghost. Ding-dong ditching. Yeah, ding-dong ditching another ghost. (laughs) Isn't that fucking crazy? (laughs) And he shows it to everybody. And it's funny because like we grew up with severe hauntings and Adam's always like, I don't know what I believe. He and my my friend Gabe, who was my childhood friend, we saw tons of stuff together, including a troll, so many orbs, crazy shit. And Gabe's always like, "Eh, I don't really, I don't really believe in all that anymore. And I'm like, you are both full of shit. I don't know what they think. I don't know what image they want to perpetuate, but Yes, you do believe in ghosts. Yes, you do. And it's just like cue the music. It's like, and ghosts just wanna have fun. <laughs> ghosts just wanna have fun. Okay, it's like a fun karaoke rendition. That would be a fun karaoke rendition <laughs> for Halloween. That's like, and you have video evidence of mm-hmm. this. He shows it to everybody. I gotta see this video. Oh my god, you do, Ryan. You do. If you end up going to Florida, to, to are you doing that still? 
Yeah, but I don't know when yet. Okay. Um, well, you can go stay with my mom, and she's just a few blocks from my brother, and I know because oh yeah, because the last show I have is in Tuscaloosa oh. on the, May twenty seventh. So I guess I can plug that at the end if if you want to see stand up comedy. It's actually the twenty second. Oh yeah, the first show would have been two days ago. Ah, the twentieth in uh, Davenport, twenty at a haunted mansion. The twenty first on God, the day so this cool. comes out, I will be in. Wait, this is May twenty. Oh no, this is May. This is these are April dates. So this is my that tour's over. That tour's. That tour's Why are we psh, living in gone. the past? That, that's a ghost oh, of a tour. I gotta tell you, I saw a ghost in my apartment. Um, I also when did I already talk about this when we were with Renee? Um, Renee's little rat just passed away, and when I first met her and I went up there to talk to her, I kept seeing. I kept well. I kept it was kind of like the cat in Sarah's. I kept thinking there was somebody on the floor, but like a little low creature. And then later, um, I, we added each other on Instagram, and I see this little rat of hers who just passed away. And I told her, I was like... Which I believe was her familiar. Yeah, right? yeah. The rat was her... I can't remember if it was a male or female, but um, yeah, I told her, I was like, that little, that little, your familiar is still in there. And she was like, oh, I'd love to hear anything that you saw or picked up. And it just felt like a happy little energy. But I kept thinking I was going to look down and actually see a small animal, but then there was nothing there. So I'm walking into my apartment building. And this is, this pisses me off. So there is a child who lives upstairs and they run up and down the stairs real like clug, 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 you know, the way children, like a husky child is running up and down these stairs and it doesn't bother me during the day, but in the middle of the night, sometimes I hear it and I'm like, what the fuck is this child doing up? Now that was a small brained thing to think. Of course the child is not awake at 4am. Of course this is not an actual materialized child um so i'm walking in at the top of the stairs of the corner of my eye i see a woman and i look and there's nobody there and i 100 percent saw a woman like dark long hair i'm thinking she was like 60s or 70s like not a like a newer ghost and um and then that night, I hear the child running up and down the stairs, which when I was a kid, we had children ghosts running up and down the stairs all the time. Child ghosts fucking love stairs. I'm sure lots of people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard children running up and down. Like ch child ghosts for real love running up and down stairs. They also love jumping on beds. Those are like the two things that I've heard the most with the, with the little kid ghosts. But now in the middle of the night, when I hear somebody run up and, uh, running up and down the stairs, I run outside to look. Oh, because I'm right there. I'm right next to the stairs. There's never anybody there. There's nobody else awake in that building but me. It is a child ghost, and that's probably its mother. And who knows how they died? It's probably awful. The Yule lads. <laughs> Yule lads. Remember from Sabrina. Uh, anyway. Oh yeah. And Griselda. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, gosh. To get a camera out there. It's fun though. I you can't really... really put a camera in a public space in an apartment building. Though. That's, well, that's, no, like, that's no. not cool. We'll see a lot of nose picking at the mailbox. Um, yeah, and you don't want to like, um, you don't want to put a camera in a place and film people publicly without them knowing. No, like, no, we're not those people. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, uh, I feel real good about this. I, and I don't feel afraid anymore now when I see a ghost. It feels like triumph. Like, oh, my eyes open. All right. Like this took me forever to reopen. But so you, you you've grown more accustomed to it, so therefore yeah. the comfortability factor. I want to ghost hunt. I think I would be great at it because there are so many times I've been in places and I can it, without seeing the ghost, I can oh, tell that's people. That's perfect timing because in four days <gasps> from now, 
on May 26th, I'm so you're going to be gone. I'm You'll be overseas. Be ghost hunting in My buddy Italy. Karen Rontowski and I will be at the Dr. Howe Waffle House, which is one of the most you know, Where famously haunted places in Santa Ana, so oh, Orange County. That's so cool, Ryan. Now, I don't know if there's any tickets available left still, but you should check out my yeah, website. If, if, if the link's it. still up, that means there are tickets. Um, if you want to go on a four-hour investigation with... Andy uh, Waffles? Karen Rontowski. <laughs> no, no. It's not a Waffle House. It's the name is Waffle. What? Dr. Howe Well, it's waffle. good that we're, we're it's like touching on this because people could be very disappointed to show up at this Well, mansion. I think when people see the photo, and <laughs> they'll see that it's clearly not a Waffle House. Um, <laughs> but there is a Burger King right next door that apparently is also super haunted because the old location <gasps> of the house. Holy shit. Um, but a anyway. haunted Burger King would be awful. So like this, this whole spot is like pretty active is very active so we're very excited to be leading uh, a group of 20 people so it's wow. a limited there's limited space available and you get a swag bag so it's a four-hour investigation god damn it two hours with Karen and two May. hours with me on the uh when we're on the property but anyway um i, I think we should yeah we can put a wrap on this one yeah let's wrap the, it up um, so you know if you're interested in exploring which specific magical path you should be taking you know i I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm also still in the the phase of trying to understand what path really truly resonates with me specifically. And that's not to say you have to pick one to stick to for the rest of your life because I'm sure you can change. Um, and you know, probably will change. as you are want to. Mm-hmm. And so you know, but yeah, look into it. Explore the different modalities, and you know, chances are sooner or later one of them is going to resonate slightly more than another one, probably. Probably. And if it happens to be Lucifer. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, no judgment here on what on what you want to do. Oh, so uh, what? Uh, have you? Uh, everybody who saw, did you see Hereditary? Yes, I did, and we can't talk about it because Why? I don't want to spoil it at all. No, 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 there's no, no. Too mu- there's we this, won't. Oh, I guess that is. There's too much to talk about. There's too much to talk about as far as this movie goes. This isn't a hey, we're wrapping things up. Let's talk about it's Hereditary. It's not. But I was gonna say something about the demon. That they reference in there. Yeah, we can't. We can't even bring All that right. up. Right. But according to message boards, he loves Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking hillbilly. <laughs> what a hellbilly. Uh, okay, so, hellbilly. Uh, oh, my God. That's so fucking ridiculous. I could not have guessed out of a thousand guesses that Mm-mm. that's what you were going to say. According to message you could boards, Google it. I could have... <laughs> I would not have said, I would even like jokingly guessed, he likes Mountain Dew? <laughs> that's so fucking dumb. It's so dumb. Like, that's that's so why you shouldn't s- worship demons. That's so silly. Because they're hell. Uh, okay, so uh, this is where the magic happens.com. <laughs> Find us on Instagram. I'm Rising. She's at Lovellable. Lovable. Lovable. Yeah. Lovable. We can't say that word. Um, and then, you know, you know, we're everywhere you can uh, If find anybody podcasts. knows witchy, cool shit I should see in Venice, uh, Amalfi, Naples, Rome, London, please message me. Oh my God, there's going to be a ton I know, of I've like been looking. vampiric shit yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, cool. So, yeah, uh, and you know, contact button is on the website. So, uh, if you got questions, just please uh, send us uh, emails, uh, questions, uh, or suggestions, things like that. So, we'd love to hear from you. So, thanks again for listening. And just remember, this shit is real. This shit is real. So, um, you know. I guess just keep that in mind when you're out there seeing ghost lizards. Yeah, don't deny your inner ghost lizards. Do not deny. Or your Don't deny me. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, this I'm is just, some karaoke with Ryan karaoke episode. With okay, and we'll uh, and we'll talk to you soon. 